0: a and uh, we put a lot of time and prayer into that had
1: numerous people from within the church family involved and uh, out of that one of the legs that we've worked this last year on is called outreach which is the theme of the sermon today And uh, as we begin, I've invited Greg Denver to join with me here. Uh, You are the outreach minister at this point, or our evangelism, or we could call missions minister, and so we've jokingly said (laughs) our Mo minister, missions, outreach, and evangelism. You've been very busy over the last several months since you've
2: jumped in. In fact, you have three different projects that you've either worked on or are working on. Yes, we uh, started with the benevolence uh, opportunity and outreach opportunity, I don't know, two, three months ago. Uh, Everybody that came to church got a gift card. We sent people out into the community and the surrounding communities just to do uh, the ability to reach a need. If they felt God tug on their heart, they gave the card to that person. We don't know a lot of those stories, but we do know some of those stories, and they were powerful. Uh, Just two, three weeks ago, we had no spud left behind. from a, a farmer in Colorado that was going to put them in the dump. Uh, we said, yeah, we'll take those potatoes with Manhattan Soup Kitchen. And uh, we gave all 50,000 pounds of potatoes away in one day. We actually had people lined up outside at 7.30 waiting to get potatoes. So that was from Abilene to Huamigo. To wow. So that was the reach there. Uh, the one we're currently working on is uh, Christmas in July. And that's two schools that we're going to give out 80 boxes to the teachers, full of things that they say they, they usually need to begin this, the school year. Well, the reason we do outreach at UCC is so we have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. Um, that's, that's what the church is about, right? Love people. Yeah. Love God and bring the two together. Amen. I know it. <laughs> that's your
1: heart, and I know that. And uh, that's what... I think sometimes people don't realize is how deeply God loves those who are hurting. Right. And uh, and that he's called us to be his hands and feet and to go, and, you know, Jesus would speak to thousands and he would feed often thousands, yeah. but then he would narrow down in on the one. Yeah. We have a lot of opportunities to do. We've been doing that. We're going to continue to do that. You have opportunities right around you But as you pray for someone, you need to be ready to share the gospel. And often that begins by just sharing your own testimony. Uh, Right on the uh, UCC hub, we also are going to have a a simple way to be able to say, how do I write my story to be able to just show this God that I love so much to those around me? And so I want to encourage you to jump on. We're going to jump into the sermon now the rest of the way, and we're going to talk about an incredible story called the Good Samaritan.
3: Can you imagine as football season is kicking off, the Chiefs and the the flip, and, and all of a sudden, all right, here comes the Patrick Mahomes show. The coach calls in a play. Tyreek Hill, and they start to have a
1: discussion. And then they actually just sit down in the field and He's like, you know, the coach called a, a, a running play, but, you know, Tyreek, you're one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Hey, I wonder why he called a running play instead of a pass play. He's like, yeah,
3: you know, let me tell you a little of the history. Hey, delay a game. And they just continue. The rest of the team
1: kind of sets around. All of a sudden, a a few of the other receivers start to kind of share in. And some of the running backs try and talk about the history of running plays and and why they're better. And and others are talking about, no, you know, the core of the football team is the line. And, And they have this incredible philosophical discussion about football and the history of and the ins and the outs and nuts and the bolts. And they never run the play.
3: Happens all around this nation and all around the world
1: every Sunday. And then throughout the week, God gives us this incredible mission. He's called us to take the the message of Jesus Christ, hope for the world, to dying people who are lost and headed to hell otherwise. He says, this is what you're to do. Carry the message. Take this message. And and we start philosophizing,
3: and we talk, and we sit down in coffee shops, Bible studies, and and we discuss it, and we know, and we learn, and we
1: have so much knowledge. (laughs) And we don't take the message and run the play. I'm talking as one who's been guilty to ones who are guilty to those around the world. The mission God has given us is too important to set it down on the field while the war is raging around us. You know, doctrine is important. History is important. Theology is important. Knowledge of the Bible is important. Studies are important. But if they don't lead to action, they're meaningless. You know, our mission statement as we opened up this series was to love God Love people and bring the two together. Uh, We share that. We talk about that. We remind you of that. And, and, you know, it comes out of the great commandment found in a couple of places
0: in the gospel and, and, and unpacked in this leader in Jesus.
3: And Luke chapter 10 has some awesome stuff in it. You don't want to miss the setting. This is
1: at the beginning of chapter 10 talking about sending out the disciples two by two to share the faith, to take the message, to go out and run the play. And then we get to this story, and it's love God and love your neighbor, love people as yourself. And it's just a simple commandment. And we're going to focus on the tail end of our mission statement, which is bring the two together. See, if you love God, you will love people. And if you love God and you love people, there's no way that you could ever go through this life as a follower of Christ and not introduce people to a loving God who wants to offer them hope. And so I want to talk about outreach. I want to talk about evangelism. I want to talk about sharing our faith, about running the play that God has given us Because you know what, we've always been uncomfortable with this. You know, the religious leader in this passage was having a hard time. He's like, um, now, who exactly do I have to love? Who's my neighbor, Jesus? It's a dumb question. Not a dumb guy, just a dumb question. Jesus, instead of kind of scolding him, he tells a pretty rough story and puts it in perspective. Jesus doesn't actually tell a very nice story. You'll get the context in a moment tells a story that's a gut punch to this guy. He says, well, once upon a time, there's this guy traveling. He's a Jewish guy traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho along a very dangerous path, about 17 miles that was known. And this guy, all the audience would know, oh, that's a dangerous path. There's twists and turns, boulders and places for people to hide out there. you know, you, It's kind of a dangerous area. And so this guy's walking along and some robbers jump out, take him down, beat him up. And not just like bruised where he's like, oh man, they stole my stuff. I got a black eye. I mean, they leave him half dead. He's not able to move on his own. He is, he's a bloody mess. But he says, hey, guess what? Don't worry. Yeah, I, this is in verse 31. He says, and a priest comes by, and they're like, oh yeah, I bet it. here's the answer. And the priest not only doesn't step over to help the guy, he wants crosses to the other side of the road to avoid him. Oh, now they're really uncomfortable. (sighs) And and then, you know, you go, "Well, well, nobody would do that. You know what? You probably do that each and every week. You go, I do not. How many of you, just rhetorically, let me just challenge you to think about, have gone to the grocery store, seen that person you really don't want to talk to down an aisle, got I think I'll go down the exile. You know, got ready to go down you know, into your, your dorm and, and all of a sudden just walked a little faster because you didn't want to talk to that guy down the hall, that gal, you know, pulled into your neighborhood and, and your neighbor started to walk across. and are like, hey, I got to go, is he in? And walked into your house and they might not be physically bloodied up, but you have no idea how emotionally and spiritually, relationally, they might have been bludgeoned that week and just needed the love of God. Oh, we walk right by and walk to the other side of the road regularly. This message is to us. Then it says in verse 32, a temple assistant comes by. Oh, you know, the temple assistant, this is an important guy. And he was like the germ police. You know, of the day. And yeah, he was about cleaning and keeping everything just right so that it was safe. It was, you know, all sanctified and holy. And and he was kind of like a germ police for God here. And, and you know, one of the rules is you can't touch certain things. And and this guy would have been unclean at this point, because he's a Samaritan and he was bloody and he was this mess. And if you touch him, he would not be able to do his job for seven days. He'd have to go into quarantine equivalent, basically. And and so he just walks by as well. And they're probably getting a little bit uncomfortable. It's amazing how often people called by the name of Jesus Christ, Christians, hold on to some little rule and worship the rule rather than do the mission. Oh, we're good at holding on to rules. Verse 33 then comes along, and this is when Jesus kicks them in the gut. Then a despised Samaritan. Now, I just want to stop for a second right there. Look at that verse. At this point, the crowd is this religious, upright, self-righteous, Jewish leader-type crowd. And I'll just make it real blunt clear.
0: They did not like. In fact, that's why I I. Down upon them. They're half breached. They're ugly. This is a, a very prejudiced,
1: nasty kind of view of. And so let's pull this verse up here in verse 33 again. Then a despised Samaritan, and they probably crossed their arms, come along, and they're like, ugh. And he saw the man. He felt compassion for the guy. See, here's the key. I want you to understand. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to look at people through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of man. They were an extremely nationalistic society, and
3: they would not have even thought of a Samaritan almost as a person. That would have been a dog to them. Stop looking with your eyes. Stop looking with your understanding. Stop looking and listening with your
0: ears. image of God and if you're a follower of Jesus
3: who is struggling, we must look for that and want to bring his message of hope. There are so many around you who are hurting in your neighborhood. In your family, who need to hear hope, they need to hear the message of Christ,
1: and you're like, man, they're a pain in the butt, though. I mean, they're one of those, I've heard you say before, EGR, Barry, an extra grace required kind of person. Now, yeah, there are those, and sometimes those who need
3: the most grace are those who've experienced the most pain. EGR, an extra grace request. I don't really have
1: anybody in my office or my life group or my neighborhood that way. I don't know what you're talking about. Just a little hint, if you don't know one, you might be one. And and so, you know, I want to encourage you to look for those around that you can love and then bless in the name of Christ. Let's look at what happens here. Hey, in verse 34, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and he bandaged them then he put the man on his own donkey he took him to an inn where he took care of him for the next day he the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver
3: coins telling take care of this man if the bill runs higher i'll come back and
0: i'll take care of the bill i think we, we I don't want to move to india uh-uh. of the earth, absolutely.
3: But do you catch the picture of the story right here? The guy in the midst of his business, in the midst of his life, in
0: the midst of his normal guy. On and I got to take care of my life and I'm going to be back and I'm going
1: to check on him. it didn't mean he had to just drop everything he didn't have to just stop life he didn't have to quit his job
3: to help somebody he just had to care it goes on and and it hits the climax in the story
0: it says now which of these attacked by the bandits and a
3: man starts to him home, squirm, and, and he doesn't
0: want to say the nationality to him. I, I think that's what Jesus called him, the, the one who showed him the same. Go and make a difference. Go.
3: Just three quick, simple things to do that I think you'll
1: recognize pretty quick. The very first one is in the middle of a busy help. Let's go. Let's get it done. I got so many pressures. I got so many things going through my life. You got to stop. That's the first thing. Nice and simple. Stop. You got to be willing to
0: slow down. You got to. And and see the world through not your eyes but God's eyes.
3: To care about those around you, don't pretend you don't see them. I mean, we've all done that. I've done that.
0: And we gotta stop. here. It's called drop. Fixture. drop. And you go, what do you mean?
3: Well, and just like the Samaritan, he got off his donkey. Now you need to get
1: off your donkey. And I kind of want to use the, the King James version of get off, another word for donkey, but I know that might not be appropriate. And so I, I just want to challenge you to get off your high horse. There we go. There are so many high horses right now going on in society where, where people come out about that and there's hatred and where as the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to love people in the
3: name of Jesus, and we need to enter into their hurt. We need to shouldn't be this. You shouldn't vote that way. You shouldn't this. And here's this.
1: Could I ask you to get off your high horse enough to be on
0: God's On God's platform You know what, I got some
3: strong feelings on things. I, I, I care deeply about things.
1: I, I, I see things and going on in this world, and, and I got some very deep-felt opinions, but what matters most is his. So get off your donkey, okay? And as a church, care more about to his. Now, simple, you know the next one. is stop, drop, roll. You know, roll, what do you mean I'm supposed to roll? That's gonna be kind of, no, no, not, not physically roll. He reached down into his satchel and he gave what he had. He gave of his life, he gave of his finances, he rolled out some dough for the guy, he rolled out some of his life, his heart, his time. He invested what he had and it made a difference. You know, when you invest what you have, When you drop your own
3: way and grab hold of his way, all of a sudden you realize wow, I have been blessed
0: beyond me. I'm thankful that each of you.
3: Transportation to get here. You had the health if you didn't have a car to walk here. You have air conditioning to set in. You have a home to probably go home to. And and you
0: have so much. Saying that to invest. For each one of us, as we use our time, our talents, and
1: our finances, it makes a difference. That's why we send so much around the world internationally and then right here in Manhattan to do what we do, but it's so much more than just a dollar. I mean, do, do, I, does, do I need to invest my dollars? Absolutely. Do you need to? Yes, God has called us, but deeper than that, I need to invest my time. I need to invest my heart in what he's doing. I need to share myself with others, so stop Drop and roll. See, here's the thing, is that a lot of us are like a computer. You're like, huh? No, I'm not like a computer yet. Yeah. In fact, we kind of hold up a computer as almost the very essence of faith that we're all aiming for. And what I mean by that is, you know what My computer, it has every just about known translation to man of the Bible in it. Hey, hey. In present languages, extinct languages, I know all kinds of stuff. It has filled every word of the Bible right there on a the computer. I can pull it up and I can search all the different ones.
3: And It has commentary after commentary after commentary and book after book after book. I can fill
0: rooms upon rooms upon rooms. Wow, it knows so much.
1: And if not careful, we make that the goal of our faith. To know so much. I'm thankful for the knowledge we have, but knowledge is not the end goal. Knowledge to be given is the goal. Knowledge that is held on to is worthless. Please make sure it flows through you and out
3: of you. As God changes you, you invest in others. As He teaches you, you teach others.
0: You love others. As He Always to come in to go out, not just that we are his. To, we just have so much compassion. I just say, I see the little kids on
1: television, it breaks my heart. I say, I'm a really
0: good Christian. I cried for them. Did you do anything? feel really bad. I, 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 I told him. oh okay.
3: His hands and his feet, his mouth, his ears, his eyes. His,
1: we're the body of Christ. Not the building of Christ. Not the holy huddle. Here's the real truth. It could Could you just listen, think about this for a moment? Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw said, the worst sin we can commit toward our fellow creatures is not to hate them. I know none of you hate people. I hope not. But to be indifferent toward them. See, I I don't think many of you are going to go home to your cul-de-sac or back to your dorm or your apartment or to your base and see someone beaten up half dead on the side of the road. If you do, please call 911, help them, do what you can. But I doubt many of you are going to see that. But you will walk by all kinds of people who are in need, ones who are hurting. Don't philosophize and argue and theologize and everything else about the world while people are waiting for you to be the body of Christ. Now, I am not saying go out and whack people with the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Just go around and tell them all their I, I didn't say go out and be weird. That, that's worse than you know staying home sometimes, I think. Then you shove people away. I'm saying go out and be the body of Christ. That means you're going to minister to them. You're going to meet them where they're at, and you're going to invest in them so that you have the opportunity to also share your faith and what God has done in your life. And then hopefully you get to the point you hear about not only their story, but you get to tell them God's story. That is always the ultimate goal, but you got to earn that right at times. And too often, we want to shout out the truth without any right to do so.
3: So can I ask, when you go home to your neighborhood, are you a good neighbor? When you go to work, are you
0: integrity? Are you ones that others can trust? Do you do a good job? Help them. Bring them a meal. If somebody's
3: sick, could you offer to help out? Go to the grocery store for them. You know, when you do that kind of stuff,
1: you're loving them as you love yourself. You're being a good neighbor and That opens up the door to be able to share the gospel as well. Mother Teresa says, Christ has nobody but yours. She said, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this
3: world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands. The question is, will you do more than claim Jesus by name, but will you be the body to bring hope to the lost? Remember Jesus' words, church.
1: Now go and do the same. See, that's why we've called you as a church, called us to pray for one, do for one. So to constantly pray, God, help me to, to see somebody through your eyes and then make a difference. And there may be days you just don't have anybody pop into your head. That's okay. And there are going to be times that you do, but you got to be open to it because here's the thing. You are more like the priest and the temple assistant than you realize I am as well. You know, last night, I, I, I'm one who probably checks my email sometimes more than I should. And, and so I'm on my day off, but I'm, I'm doing a wedding. And, and I just happen to kind of check, make sure as I'm getting ready and I'm busy running from things, it's a nice big wedding, it's going to be fun. And, and it was one that was put off from COVID already. And so I want to make sure and do a good job. And I happened to notice this email from a young lady I'd been ministering to and kind of a, a, a group that I'd been sharing my faith with. And she just wrote how she was struggling and hurting i'm like oh yeah i need to check that and and then i go about the wedding and it's about 10 o'clock last night all of a sudden god brings that one back to my head and it probably took a lot of courage for her to just write a pastor she very little knew and said i'm really struggling and i'm hurting and i need some help and I'm in a spiritual warfare. I don't really have any home here right now. And and it was like 10 o'clock. And I'm like, man, I've been busy and I've been being a priest all day. I walked to the other side of the road and I had to get on to my job and I had to take care of that.
3: I was like, yeah, I'm tired. I need to go to bed. I got three services tomorrow, but not before I do. I just prayed
1: for and, and reached out to her and just told her, I hope that we can have her here today. And I don't know if she's here right
0: now or not. i about you more than you realize. We, if we don't, who will?
1: You know, and. We've been hammering so hard on, the, download the UCC Hub app, get one of the journals. And, and there's reasons, you know, in here, both, both on the, right on the UCC Hub and in the journal, there are some tools that could help you to know what it means to be the hands and feet. And we talk about three stories. It's first of all, listening to another story. Just being able to, to think about how do I ask, hey, tell me your story. People want to share. They want someone to be interested Too many of us talk without listening, so start with listening. Then you learn to say, you know, can I just share my story, kind of what God done in my life? And, you know, people like to hear this is where I came from, how I ended in
0: Manhattan and, you know, along the way, here's where God got a hold of my life. And then, hopefully, that